Welcome to the 59th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host and the Philly cheesesteak connoisseur, Adrian Pinter. How does it go, sir? General Kenobi, it goes quite well, my friend. How art thou, dude? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I just, um, you know, I uh, I forgot to mention last week that I had that Philly cheesesteak that you recommended. I'm pretty sure you did it on this podcast because we don't talk outside this podcast, so it never, never happened. Yes. So I think um, you said, hey, I'm going to send send you this Philly cheesesteak, not recipe, but it was like a, we were going to, I was going to order from, right. I was going to order from Filthy Phillies, that mm-hmm. uh, cheesesteak restaurant, which I think is a chain, pretty sure, right? Yeah. Or a franchise, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever one it is. And I had that res- that recipe, that, that ingredient order thingamabob that you put together. And I thought, this is an extravagant order. There's a lot of random ingredients on this. Mm. But it was quite good. I did enjoy it. I uh, I don't know if I would rave about it like you were kind of doing on this podcast, but I did uh, I did enjoy it, and I appreciate you sending me that that order because again I, I must say it was quite complex. I don't know if you found it complex, but I found mm. it uh, elaborate. So thanks. Oh, no worries, man. Uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I actually had that uh, same sandwich earlier this week after work one oh. day. I just drove by uh, Filthy Phillies in Waterloo. I was just craving it. It was actually the, the the night before my birthday, and I was like, I deserve this. So I went yeah. and uh, ordered that. And yeah, honestly, I, I love that. Happy birthday. It was your birthday? Yeah, believe it or not, on August the 10th. What the heck, man? See, this is what happens when we only communicate on this podcast. That's, yeah. That's great. Happy birthday. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's a delicious sandwich. I, I do agree with you. I mean, it is complex flavors, but I think all those flavors go well together. You know, you got the barbecue sauce, you got the garlic mayo, you got the, 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 the beef, you got the pulled pork, you got the crispy onions, then you got, you know, pickles to top it off and jalapenos. You know what I mean? I feel like that's a really good flavor combination. It just goes well. And then again, an order of onion rings on the side. That's what I've been doing recently. It is indeed. And honestly, if you didn't catch that listener, you can rewind this episode and, you know, jot that down because it's, Mm -hmm. uh, again, it's quite the, it's quite the ingredient list. Yeah, man. It's my filthy Phillies recommendation. Um, But that's really good. On the topic of food, actually, I I went to Jersey Mike's today. We've, we've spoken about Jersey Mike's before and God damn, I love Jersey Mike's. The number nine, baby. Mike's way. Oh, oh. So good. I actually got a coupon for my birthday for a free uh, sub. So, uh, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So I went there and then it says like only on your birthday. And I was like, Hey, I have this coupon. It's only on my birthday, but like it's four days later. And the guy's like, Don't worry about it, man. I got you. I was like, Thank you. Oh. And then, uh, I had that for lunch and I was like, God, I love Jersey Mike's. It's amazing. Yeah. Jersey Mike's is amazing. I, I cannot stress enough. Yeah. I, they're rare in Canada, I find. I don't think there's that many of them, but. If you live near one by chance, or you drove by one, you should stop in. You should stop in. The number Try nine. The number Mike's nine. Mm. Yes. So good. Yeah, I know. I love it. The greatest sub place I've ever been to personally. I was just looking actually while you're talking about that. I was just taking a look online here to find out. It is, it is originated in, in the United States, as you might expect. Like in New Jersey, I'm, I, would, I would guess. Yes, indeed. Point Pleasant, New Jersey in 1956 is when it originated. 
but it's just so good because they they slice. I don't think I'm sure there's other places that do this, but I haven't seen this very often. But they slice the meat right on the meat slicer, right in front of you as they make your your sandwich. They just crisp up the bacon, just sitting in a you know steaming in a you know little a little pan, just waiting to go in your mm-hmm. sandwich with Mike's way with a vinaigrette type combination. Oh, dude, so I know, yeah, God, I love that. I love it so much. Honestly, Subway sucks. Subway does suck. Oh, it does. It it smells like bo. Doesn't it? I don't. I don't agree with you on that. I actually like the smell of Subway. Whenever I walk past, I'm like, really? "That smells like good fake food." But, uh, but I'm saying, like, what about in? Okay, what happens when you're like, for instance, you're at work mm-hmm. and you walk by the break room? And you're like, "What is that smell?" Have you ever had that? You never had that weird? No. However, no? Subway leaves a smell on your hands. Like, there's always a smell after you eat Subway, and it's on your hands. And it stays on your hands for like 24 hours. doesn't matter what you do. You can yeah. wash your hands. You can dip them in vinegar. And your hands will always smell like this this off subway smell. So maybe that's what I'm like. I kind of agree with you on that. Like I, I can smell like a, a funky smell on my hands after I eat a subway sandwich. Right. But during the initial process, like when you walk into a subway, I love that smell. Uh, however, again. Look. I don't hate it. It's not the worst thing. But when you're comparing it to something like Jersey Mike's, like, come on. I know. We're not even, we're not even in the same realm. But uh, also, what if uh, Subway chooses to sponsor us in a year or so? So I got to gotta, gotta tone it down also for that reason. So <laughs> do I hate it? I don't know. But at the same time, it does smell a little weird after. You know, it's like an after smell. Not, not, not initially, but afterwards. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Is it fresh? Is it eat, eating fresh? I don't know. That's all I'm going to say. I don't think so, man. Like you can get better quality meats at the grocery store. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. But it's also that that is a franchise, right? Those are franchised locations. I think so. I'm pretty certain. My dad once went to a Subway and he tried to get the $5 foot long, mm-hmm. which he saw on an advertisement the night before. And they said, we don't do that here. <laughs> like, what? Like, what do you mean you, you don't do that here? It's like, okay, T'Challa. You're a Subway. What? Okay, T'Challa. What's what's that referencing? Sorry, in, uh, I didn't get that reference. Oh, you don't? Like, it, I think it was an Infinity War with uh, like uh, Ro- Ro- like when when they go to Wakanda, and then I think uh, Rhodey like kneels down or whoever it is, and then T'Challa's, oh, he bows. Yeah. He bows and about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does a bow. It's like, we don't do that here. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. That's 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 not. I feel like that's not one of the more memorable moments in the movie. But uh, good on you. I didn't understand that reference. Well then, you got me on an obscure reference on mm-hmm. that one. What a twist. Although it is in a Marvel movie, so how obscure could it be? But <laughs> but anyway, okay. Um, cool, man. Cool. Super cool. Indeed. We're a film and TV podcast, by the way. So uh, we should get to I it. I guess we should jump into that stuff. We talked about uh, sandwiches for a little bit there. Yes, we did. Let's, let's get into it. Let's get into some uh, show corrections. And I'd like to point out, and we've talked about this for the last few weeks, and we don't want to get into it too much here, but apparently Warner Brothers has just committed to a 45-day uh, theatrical exclusivity window with AMC, and they did that with Regal Cinemas actually a few months before that, which we didn't really talk about much on our news segment of this show. But we did talk about how the uh, how they did talk about how ten of the Warner Brothers films in 2022 are going to be on HBO Max. But what they were saying basically was that they were going to be exclusive. To, to HBO Max. Oh, we okay. said we said that it's going to be a day and date release simultaneously on HBO Max at the same time as in theaters. That is not happening. So just so we're clear, that was the distinction. We just, I think we failed to see 
or these reporting websites like Deadline. I went back again to look and like, what is going on? Why was this a confusion? But Deadline Variety, The Hollywood Reporter, which are great, and I use them constantly as, and I reference them in this podcast. I found that they, the wording they used to describe these day and date releases versus exclusivity releases is a little fuzzy. And I feel like there's like, oh, I don't know, people want to jump to the conclusion that Warner Brothers is making some bold moves. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I think Warner Brothers, Paramount, not so much Disney, are on the same kind of side in that they are committing to the 45-day theatrical window for certain movies. And then they're committing to the HBO Max exclusivity window. Mm-hmm. Or there's no window. It's just literally yeah. <laughs> exclusive to HBO Max for 10 films in 2022. So just to be clear, I just want to make that as clear as possible. I feel like I made it as clear as mud just explaining it here. But what I'm saying is we got it wrong, I think, a few episodes in a row. And I just want to clear that up. Warner Brothers is doing a 45-day exclusivity window with the biggest theater change chains in the U.S. And I imagine that will happen with Cineplex here in Canada. So it, they're not forsaken. They, they're not leaving theaters behind. They're not leaving them in the dust, mm-hmm. which I do very much appreciate. Yeah. And this is a roller coaster of emotions, Simon. You know? We got ups, we got downs. I agree. It kind of feels like, you know, for some reason, when I read this again, I was like, I don't really understand, like, what is happening right now? And then I was just thinking of that scene in The Office where Michael's like, snip, snap, snip, snap, <laughs> with Jan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, Support your local cinema. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, real yeah. quick, actually, like, you, you brought up Disney there and how, you know, they're doing some uh, theatrical, like exclusive theatrical releases. I was kind of thinking because Bob Chappick recently mentioned about uh, Shang-Chi and how like it's kind of an experiment to release it um, exclusively in theaters. I feel like he's doing it with this movie so he can show because honestly, COVID's going up, at least in the States, quite a bit. We're getting higher cases here in Ontario, but not as bad. Um but I think he's going to use that as an excuse to be like, hey, Shang-Chi didn't do too well and it was exclusively in theaters. This is why we should do premiere access still. I have a feeling he's going to use that as a as a as a yeah, just like a point for that argument. And it's uh, it's kind of worrisome. Simu Liu, uh, who is playing Shang-Chi, uh, he actually uh, posted a tweet, um, something along the lines of like, hey, like this movie isn't an experiment like I forget the exact wording, but pretty much just like telling people like, come on out, like go to the, your theaters, like watch this movie and prove them wrong, which I really appreciated. Similarly, he was very vocal about his like opinions and stuff. And I, I kind of like that. I really do. Um, so yes, let's, yes, indeed. Let's prove the worst Bob wrong. I feel like, yeah, that thing about the, I don't know about the thing about the experiment in the way that Simuli Liu is arguing it, mm-hmm. but I do think that it's, you're right. <laughs> it's, it's going to prove the fact that it's like, see, we got to do premiere access from now until forever. I told you yeah. I was right. <laughs> Me, Bob Chappick. I was correct. Um, but yeah, the Simu Liu uh, tw- tweet is this. We are not an experiment. We are the underdog, the underestimated. We are the ceiling breakers. We are the celebration of culture and joy that will persevere after an embattled year. We are the surprise. I'm fired the fuck up. To make history on September third, join us. Let's do it. right on, seemingly. I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna I'm gonna go there launch day. I'm watching Shang Chi in theaters on the big screen, the way it's meant to be watched, baby. And hopefully, we can prove Mister Bob Chappick, if that's even his real name, 
wrong. I just hope it's good. That's what I'm yeah. worried about because that trailer, I, I kind of, I don't know, I'm not necessarily agreeing with you, but you, you kind of were saying that it was revealing too much. And now I'm kind of wondering, like, is there any other reveals yeah. in the movie? I want it to be, I want there to be lots of reveals. I want there to be big moments, but I don't want it to be another like Black Widow. Yeah. Black Widow kind of sizzled for me. It didn't, yeah. it never, you know, hit the threshold that I thought it could be because I think the Black Widow is such a cool character. Anyway, I don't, I don't want to go on about that again, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. Okay. I still like Black Widow, yeah. uh, just to clarify. But yeah, like it's definitely a middling Marvel movie. It's good, but it's not great. Mm-hmm. And I like great. Like I want to see the Spider-Man's Far From Home or the Spider-Man Homecoming. Or Venom or the, 2, the Let Ragnarok. There Be Carnage. Win- Winter Soldier. Oh, geez. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah. Mm. Well, honestly, I'm kind of excited for that movie. They just delayed that, I think, by like a couple weeks. Um, I don't know if I'm spoiling a news segment, but... You are. You are spoiling a new segment. And you had a part in, in you know, in, in helping me write this every week. You choose the story. So I feel like you should know that. But, you know, it is what it Simon, is. Simon, I'm a sleepy Gary right now. I'm a sleepy Gary. I'm tired. And I apologize. You're a sleepy Gary. All right. All right, sleepy Gary. Another thing to mention, which just came out this week, other than your birthday. And it might have been on your birthday, actually, if I – I don't know. I'm not sure. But it was that uh, the Cineplex subscription. Yeah. Cineclub. Mm-hmm. I just think that's awesome. Me too. I, I can't believe that's a thing that they're doing only now. I feel like that could have been out for years, honestly. It could have been out like right after Netflix came out because it's a steal. Mm-hmm. It's $10 a month and then you get a free movie ticket. So if you literally go to the movies once a month, it pays for itself. And then you get tickets at a discounted rate following your one free movie ticket. And I think you can buy up to two additional tickets on top of your ticket at a discounted rate. Um, so like you can buy them for your friends as an example, which is really cool. You get scene points for the $10 you're spending each month, which is really cool. Additional discounts at concession, all of that sort of stuff. So I'm very excited for that. Um, the sign up process is a little finicky. I'll be honest with you. It wasn't, it wasn't yeah. crystal clear and, I am a member now and I was kind of confused. I was like, where does it show that I'm a member? Uh, Like I opened the Cineplex app and nothing was there. However, when you go in to buy a ticket for like a movie, I wanted to test it. uh, It does immediately pop up like being like a cine club or whatever it's called. Um, Free ticket or I forget what exactly what it says. Uh, So it does connect to your account like entirely, but it was fairly unclear. That was kind of my only gripe with it. I would agree. It's called Cine Club. That is what it's called. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand this. Is like, but this is the thing. Okay, for years I thought that Cine, Cineplex had the worst app and the worst interface online ever. Mm-hmm. There's there was always something wrong with it for years, and I felt like they kind of fixed it over the last few years. But this Cine Club thing almost felt rushed because it's so hard. you can't subscribe unless I'm mistaken. You cannot subscribe within the app. You, you had to go to the website. Yeah. Right. And it was just so weird. Like, don't you want – you'd think it would be at the t- headline banner at the top of your app to say, hey, this exists now. Even if you click the headline banner, sure, take you to the website. I don't care. But it didn't even – I don't see it even on the app at all, even advertised until I purchased it. And then it showed – you know, every time you buy a movie now, it shows you the new prices that you get, either $0 or you pay the difference to buy AVX or IMAX. Anyways, I just find that that <laughs> – you're right. Finicky for sure. And I, there's – I don't know. I, one of my pet peeves is – bad software design and i just i don't understand the part of the software design in a way software design is a bit of marketing like especially when you're trying to sell movie tickets so i'd argue or a subscription fee that costs ten dollars a month so i I think you need to do a little bit better Mm -hmm. at fixing that 
and it, it kind again that's the way I would describe it was it felt rushed like they just seemed to like let's let's push this out the door we just came up with this ten minutes ago <laughs> and then we're not going to fix it in the app let's get it out quick before we shut down again because of the because of COVID hmm. quickly yeah I, I agree with you man but great idea absolutely amazing mm-hmm. idea I, I cannot stress enough. There was a website that I was looking at. They were saying, this is a competitor to Netflix. And I was like, oh, are they also offering, offering streaming with a $10 <laughs> price point? And the, no, they're not. Although they are giving you prices, you know, reduced prices from the Cineplex uh, store. Yeah, like for the, rentals. The digital store. Right. But I think the whole idea was, and you when you click into that article, I don't know who, who made it. But if you click into it, it's like, yes, they're trying to compete with Netflix, but trying to get you off your couch and <laughs> put pants on to get to the movies. Mm-hmm basically. But anyway, yeah. So I'm excited for that. I think that's awesome. And uh, oh, the other thing I don't think we, you mentioned, you actually accumulate the movies. It's like Audible. You get, you, when you have a movie, the free movie accumulates. It doesn't expire. Oh. That's part of the contract. How awesome is that? That is neat. So that $10, yeah. So that, whatever, you, you get $10 basically towards, or no, you get $11. It's whatever the price of a regular movie ticket is towards a ticket. Hmm. And if you use that, then you're good. If you don't use them for four months, like for instance, if we shut down for the COVID, it will just c- accumulate. And then when you get out of COVID, the COVID lockdown, which hopefully doesn't happen. But if it does happen, then you have those four movie tickets and then you can buy. So buy now because you're just going to just accumulate those movie tickets mm-hmm. over time. Anyways, I'm going on about this as, a, as if I work for Cineplex, but I do think it's worth it. I agree. All right. Let's reach into the mailbag for a moment here, shall we? We ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to spillfocuspodcast at gmail.com. And makeup guru Kenneth Saddlebauer wrote into us and he said, Cinephiles, about the universal dark universe, Dracula Untold was pure shite. It's a good start. Yeah. <laughs> using previous movie incarnations of the character instead of actually using Stoker's book as source material. In the novel, Dracula could actually stand sunlight, was killed by a Bowie knife, not a stake, and didn't have those tiresome force connections to the voivode Vlad Tepish. Stoker called his character Count Vampyr until he stumbled on the name Dracula in a pamphlet and liked the sound of it. The source for this is Dr. Elizabeth Miller. Uh, Dracula, Sense and Nonsense. Uh, I guess it's a book from 2002. Hmm. The Wolfman, although true to the original and well-crafted, wasn't well-received. I think it was mostly due to the unrelatability of a period horror movie. I look forward to the new movie, but seriously doubt makeup legend Rick Baker will work on another incarnation. The Mummy was actually a decent movie. But unfortunately, people kept comparing it to the 1999 action comedy starring Brendan Fraser. The Mummy he's referring to in this case is the Tom Cruise movie that came out a couple years ago. Mm. Some silly buggers even refer to the Brendan Fraser one as the original. Adrian. That is I, yeah. Yeah, apparently you did that last episode, I'm guessing. So this is a correction. <laughs> as if Universal hadn't been making mummy movies since 1932. Being called out. Yes, you were called out. For your silly mistake. Your silly mistake. Look at him throwing shade at you. While Lee Winnell originally said that the Invisible Man is not part of a larger universe, I think that his being slated to direct the next Wolfman movie would indicate Universal's plan to do a dark universe is still underway. It is just not being called that, likely due to all the false starts so far. Yeah, that makes sense. The intention is still to bring back all of the classic monsters, likely using Van Helsing to bind the tales together. The Invisible Man showed that Universal can reboot all of the original monster movies, but they have to be modern retellings. What was gripping in the 1930s would have little appeal to today's audiences. Signed, Kenneth. And a quote here, 
When I was a kid, monsters made me feel that I could fit somewhere, even if it was an imaginary place where the grotesque and the abnormal were celebrated and accepted. A quote by Guillermo del Toro. Oh. All right. We talked about the Dark Universe quite a bit. You got anything to add here to Ken's email, Adrian? No, not really. I mean, um, yeah, I'm sorry I was wrong. <laughs> but the mummy, the Brendan Fraser mummy being the original. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Again, this this is very insightful. I'm, I'm very excited. Again, uh, I mentioned this last week. Lee Winnell's The Invisible Man is an awesome movie. I absolutely adored it. And him being attached to this Wolfman movie with uh, Ryan, the goose gosling makes me very excited. And again, if they maintain that high quality, I'm, I'm all in baby. I'm all in. Yeah. I, I am excited as well. I I don't feel like I, I don't hold the invisible man in as high esteem as you do, but uh, it was good. I did enjoy it. And uh, I am curious to see where they can take this. It's just one movie out of who knows how many they're potentially building. Mm Mm-hmm and will potentially not build when the next one fails or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we'll see. I follow you. Thank you very much, Ken, for writing in. That was a very insightful message. Indeed it was. Indeed it was. Thank you, Kenneth. Okay, Adrian, I must ask you, as we do every week, what have you been watching on this particular seven-day period? Um, Also, I haven't had too much time to watch much. However, I did end up finishing Walking Dead Season 10. Oh, uh, excellent. That's a lot. That's a lot of episodes. There was quite a few episodes. 22, in fact, I think. I'm pretty sure 22. Was it enjoyable? Honestly, I loved this season. This is one of my favorite seasons of the show. Oh, wow. The direction the show goes is really awesome, and it maintains this like high-quality all throughout the season, I love the characters that they're focusing on. And again, I mentioned this before that all like the older annoying characters are, or just these like kind of add on characters that came in later on in the show are either dead or have very little screen time. So <laughs> I was very pleased. They're following these characters that I care about that I've been around with for quite a while. And any new characters that were introduced were actually interesting. Um, so yeah, honestly, I really love this season. I think it's fantastic. And the last six episodes, they did like a bonus six episodes. Um, we're very good as well. Actually, they are a little bit more closed off. Like each episode, it takes place after the original season finale and it definitely feels like it, but it's like little character stories. So it follows, you know, one or two characters from the main group going off on their own little adventure. And, uh, I really, really liked them. Um, Honestly, there's one in particular that follows uh, Carol and Daryl. And again, I just love those characters together. And it shows it kind of fills in a few gaps because there there are a bunch of time jumps throughout the show. And uh, the one episode actually filled in uh, a, like what Daryl was up to during one of the time jumps. And I really appreciated it. And again, I just love the relationship that Daryl and Carol have. And I'm so glad they doubled down on them hanging out together so much. And they just seem like such genuine friends um and honestly it just brings like a smile to my face i i really love this season actually and it makes me super stoked for season 11 uh and again i i mentioned it before i i think i'm gonna actually buy season 11 so i can watch it week to week uh because i don't want anything spoiled for me cool yeah yeah that's great yeah man that's great to hear i'm glad it's so good so where would it land so you got 10 season you've watched all 10 obviously it would be weird if you didn't watch one of them yeah <laughs> which one is the best out of the ones you've seen and where does this land in the grand scheme of things? I don't know, man. It's it's kind of hard. Like season two might still be my favorite. I just love that like slow pace and, you know, taking 
taking the time to get to know all the, those characters there. And again, the Shane and Rick friendship in that season is just phenomenal. I really love season two. And again, um, the first half at least of season four and the season four midseason finale is one of the, in my opinion, one of my favorite episodes of TV um, that I've ever seen. That midseason finale for season four is just phenomenal. Um, but again, I, I would rank it definitely in the upper half. I don't, I don't exactly know where I'd place it, but uh, just off the top of my head, probably just after, yeah, season two and season four and a half, or halfway, the first cool. half of season four, I guess I should say. Um, cool, all right. Yeah, it sounds good. That's yeah, fantastic. I, I really, uh, I mean, you're still watching it, right? Or, or are you going through it slowly? Oh, it's slow. Yeah. Like I'm on like season, uh, sorry, season. I'm still on season 10. I'm on season 10, like episode two. Oh, okay. So like it's, I barely moved. I've, Yes, snail's pace. This is like a Queen's Gambit uh, type pace here. Understood. Apparently. <laughs> um, which I finished, by the way, just in case, you know, you skipped a couple episodes and jump back in. I finished Queen's Gambit, everybody. I did it. <laughs> I'm the best. Anyway, um, this week, I barely watched anything. I watched uh, – I we actually have been making our way through Servant, the M. Night Shyamalan mm-hmm. uh, in some capacity directed series on Apple TV+. Plus. This show is really good. I really do like it. It's awesome. I, I, I think it's great. I, I, rec- I would recommend it to you mm-hmm. if you would uh, ju- want to jump in. It's just very eerie. It's, uh, it's more of a thriller than a, than a horror, and I, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. My girlfriend's enjoying it quite a bit. There's a lot of mystery. It's just a huge mystery and not a lot of solved each episode, but it, they, they, give you, you know, they give you little bits as you go. And it's certainly exciting to watch. So I recommend that. Other than that, uh, I just finished, just as we started this podcast, basically, uh, the What If first episode mm. on Disney+, Plus, the Marvel's What If. And I believe you watched that too, correct? I did indeed, my friend. Uh, what did you think? I don't know. I like the animation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought the story was lacking. What did you think? Dude, I'm in the same boat. I think the animation's neat. I did not like this episode. I think... Ooh. Honestly, like I, I kind of pushed myself through it. This, the first episode is what if Captain America didn't become Captain America and Peggy Carter became Captain Britain or Captain Carter or whatever, which to be clear, I love that concept. It is super cool. I like it as well, but this, what it was, what is it? Less than 40 minute episode is essentially the same plot as Captain America, the first Avenger with again, minor differences because Maybe not fully minor, but th- there there are some differences. But it's squeezed into this tight, you know, 40-minute episode. So the pacing feels just so rushed. Like, it's relentless. It's just constant, like, story beat, story beat, story beat. And again, like, I feel like it follows a relatively similar formula to Captain America, the first Avenger. Like, the relationship between Steve and Peggy and, and stuff like that is fairly similar, except, again, the roles are reversed um, they do a couple of cool like twists, um, but again, the pacing I felt was just not good. It felt so rushed, and again, it makes sense because you're squeezing in a two-hour-long story into like thirty to forty minutes, and it just—I wasn't a fan of this. I'll be honest with you, and I, I'm really hoping the next episodes are better. I know it's rated very well on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's like over an eighty percent for. Um, I think a lot of industry people got the first three episodes. So maybe it gets better with the next couple. Um, But yeah, I was left pretty disappointed, unfortunately. Yes, I agree with you. And so I actually like the fight scenes quite a bit with Mm -hmm. Peggy Carter. I thought that they were cool. I thought the animation was good in that regard. 
The issue for me, and it's, I think it's right on the same lines as where you're saying it, it felt rushed to you. And I feel like the, the ways that it felt rushed were, I don't know, it almost felt like there was no character development at all. Like you barely have any kind of relationship building between various characters. There's certain relationship building that happens between Steve and Peggy, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But it felt like it was lacking when it came to the Steve and um, Bucky scenarios to the point where it felt like they weren't even the same people. Like they're like best friends completely and they barely talk to each other. And it's so strange because there's moments where you think, oh, there's definitely going to be a moment where, you know, a character is going to be sad or about what happened or happy about what what just happened uh, with Steve or with Bucky. And they don't seem to, it's almost like they barely know each other, like they're acquaintances. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't make any sense because that's a relationship in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that is poignant. Mm -hmm. Like it is probably, it's one of the, I don't know. It's a very long lasting relationship that's lasted like, like what, I don't know how many years it has been now, but like almost a hundred years. Like it's, it's strange. Mm-hmm. Is that what you felt as well? Yeah. 100% man. It, I feel yeah. like it relies too much on, Hey, you already know this. So we're not gonna like talk about it again. Like, I guess it, it's almost like dependent on you watching everything already, which, which to be fair, it is, but it is. We but don't. Th- that's what's cool about it is that you can see the differences. But mm-hmm. I find that there's moments where there you could like it's a throwaway line. Like you just missed a, an opportunity to put a line in by Bucky or by Steve to show that they care about each other. That I just there's one. I don't want to spoil anything, so I'm just speaking in vagities. But I think you'll know kind of what I'm talking about yeah. if you've watched it. It's, there's a moment in particular. That I'm like, how come they don't care? This person doesn't care that much that something happened to this other character or vice versa and it's just what, what's happening there like why it's almost like the person writing it didn't understand their relationship and they wanted to focus on the other relationship which was peggy and steve yeah i don't know it's just strange there's another bit that's, that's very jarring to me and again it's it's just the way it's written you can make this and maybe like do like these trick cuts to to show the pacing kind of you know you're jumping mm-hmm. um a little bit more clear so it wouldn't feel rushed necessarily but i find that the other bit is again to do with Steve Rogers. They seem to shoehorn him into this position that doesn't make any sense. And it, it's because he's this random guy at this point. Like, so uh, I, again, it's hard to explain it without spoiling it. So I don't want to talk too much about it, but I just, I find that they try to use Steve Rogers in this episode, even though he doesn't become Captain America. Mm-hmm. And I just don't, I don't think that the way they use him is pr- appropriate would be the thing I would say, because I just feel like, the reason why they were going to make him Captain America is specifically because of the fact that he has a good heart and he's extremely his his compassion and all of that stuff is the reason why Ursine initially chooses him for the program. Mm-hmm. And when that doesn't happen, where does he end up? And it's a sad story in in my mind what would happen to him, but they don't go that route in a way. And so I don't I don't that I don't agree with. It's just it it just point blank. It's felt like plot convenience, and so. Yeah, I agree. That's why yeah. I didn't like this episode. Yeah, man. Real quick, I apologize for my dog barking. I think someone walked past the my house and she was looking out the window. Um, Ooh, so that's scary, spooky. I hope you don't get taken. Not a good movie, by the way. Um, what? It's a great movie. Uh, but yeah, Come on. Uh, I, I definitely agree with you. Also, it's a little jarring because I, I forget the voice actors now. I'm gonna check it out real quick. But it's not Chris Evans being captain america no. so that was even they bring back like a lot of the cast yes other than other than him who's one of the most important characters in this story 
Yeah. And I think the guy that replaces him, I'm going to check real quick. Sorry. Um, like I think the guy that plays him does a fairly good job, but it's still noticeable enough to be like, ah, that's not, that's not Chris Evans. And that again added to, I think my disappointment. Um, and it's kind of weird because I feel like when they announced what if it was like, everyone's coming back. And then all of a sudden it's like, actually, never mind. Like Robert Danny Jr. is not back. I, I imagine Scarlett Johansson's not back. Obviously, Chris Evans not back. I don't think Brie Larson is back for Captain Marvel as well. And there's a few other characters that aren't back. So that was a Samuel little bit. Jackson? Is he back? I, I don't I don't know. Actually, that's a good question. Um, But yeah, Josh Keaton uh, is the voice of Chris Evans. No relation to Michael Keaton, by the way. Um, And again, I think he does a decent job, but it's 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 just not the same. Um, so again, I, I, I didn't really like it. <laughs> so I'm hoping these next couple episodes are better and yeah, I guess we'll just have to wait and see, man. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Um, again, I didn't hate it, but I just, yeah, I just I felt like the, I don't want to say that the writers didn't understand the character characters, but it felt like that a little bit. It, and I just, yeah, I feel like you, sh- again, you shoehorn things in that didn't make sense. And again, plot convenience was definitely a part definitely. of it. Definitely. And like, just to add real quick, I mean, I feel I agree with you. Like the characters didn't really feel the same. Like just because this is a cartoon doesn't mean these characters have to act more cartoonish. And I feel like they kind of lean in a little bit to that. Like I feel like Bucky, most of his lines are just like references to like fish randomly. I don't I don't I don't remember. Oh yeah. I don't remember. It was weird because a lot of his lines didn't but that's what the problem is too. Like his references to anything when he's talking to Steve, it just felt like they don't know each other mm-hmm. that well. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do hope it's better or it gets better. And um, again, I think the idea is cool. Like Captain Carter's sweet. Uh, I think Kaylee Atwell is awesome and she does a fantastic job like voicing it, uh, the character. And I don't know if they're ever going to do this, but if they can somehow, you know, bring her into the like live action MCU universe um, as that character somehow, some way, like I'd be more than happy to see that. I, I think that would be dope. Um, but yeah. Yeah, like I think okay, this will sum up what I was talking about before because you mentioned Bucky Barnes's lines. Mm-hmm. So Sebastian Stan, Bucky Barnes, Bucky Barnes, he says at one point to Steve, he says, "You don't even have a driver's license. How are you doing that?" It's something along those lines. <laughs> and I was like, "Wait, are they making fun of their own plot?" Wait a second. Yeah. Yeah. Like what? Okay, but that was exact when it, when he was doing the thing that he's referencing, I'm like, well, yeah, that's why I have an issue with this. <laughs> Did you know? <laughs> like, was there a, is there a rogue writer in the writer's room? And they're like, let's write this line in because I think this plot is stupid. Is that what happened? I don't <laughs> it's know. It's definitely possible. Anyway, I hope the next one's better as well. But we'll see. I guess we'll see. We'll, I guess we will, baby. What if the next one's better? Hopefully. I don't know what the next one is. Um, so. All right. Well, should we move on to the news, Adrian? No. Ugh. So tired at this point. Every every single episode you said no. Not every single every one. one. Most of them, but not everyone. Yeah, you're right. There's been a couple. There's, it's been like five. You, you've said, okay. Anyway, uh, let's begin with a small collection of more focus stories that have been particularly pertinent this week. Number one, as reported by tech website The Verge, Sony has officially completed their purchase of anime streaming property Crunchyroll from previous owner AT&T for $1.175 billion dollars. Sony now owns both Crunchyroll and the 2017 purchased Funimation anime streaming service. And as Sony Pictures Entertainment CEO Tony Vinsacura points out, 
The plan is to create a, quote, unified anime subscription service as soon as possible, unquote, with these two platforms. To speak of the purchase, Vince Acura also claimed, quote, with the addition of Crunchyroll, we have an unprecedented opportunity to serve anime fans like never before and deliver the anime experience across any platform they choose, from theatrical, events, home entertainment, games, streaming, linear TV, everywhere and every way fans want to experience their anime, unquote. Adrian, I know you're an anime fan. I'm not necessarily, but uh, you definitely are. And I I believe you dabbled in both Crunchyroll and Funimation, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe maybe it's only one or the other. No, I, I dabbled in both. Um, I I cool. used Funimation to watch all of Attack on Titan, uh, which again is a phenomenal show. Uh, and then I jumped over to Crunchyroll to watch a show called Jujutsu Kaisen, but uh, ah. only watched like the first like ten episodes or so, and I just couldn't get into it. Uh, but I played around with both quite a bit, and I watched a few other shows on Funimation. Uh, but I'm really happy that this is happening. Like. I feel like in the streaming industry, it's just everyone and their mother is coming out with a goddamn streaming service. And now we're finally getting a consolidation of like two streaming service, two juggernauts in the anime and, um, you know, anime industry. And it makes it, I think this is better for fans of anime. Um, so now you don't have to have two separate streaming services. You can just have one and you're going to have every freaking piece of content you probably are looking for. I know there are some like exclusive rights. Like I think Netflix has like the rights to specific animes and they, they develop some animes themselves. And I know Amazon, um, you know, they release some anime movies like the uh, Ev- Evangelion movies, which actually they came out with one on Friday. I missed that in the new releases. I apologize. Um, but it's, it's nicer to have, again, one big juggernaut streaming service for all this anime sort of stuff. Um, if, sorry. if I may play devil's advocate just briefly here, mm-hmm. the advantage of having two potentially is that you have competition and competition potentially breeds better anime. But I get it in terms of a consumer perspective, you want to pay one subscription fee instead of two. Yeah, so... Um, the, the the difference though is really is that like Crunchyroll and Funimation I don't think they really develop their own anime they're just the western distributor of like anime and they you know produce their own dubs in some cases or just you know release the content subbed so I don't think there's like a Funimation original anime I could be wrong about that um Crunchyroll has originals yeah they do have originals um yeah but again I I don't know if Funimation maybe maybe but either way I think this is a good thing um, because again, they are, they are simply just the Western distributors of a bunch of anime TV series. And then again, Funimation localizes a bunch of it. They have their own like personal dubs and stuff. I think like my hero academia, that being a big one, um, one of the more like popular animes, I couldn't get into that show either, but yeah, they, 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 they produce their own dubs for that. But again, it was like a perfect example of when my buddy recommended Jujutsu Kaisen to me and I was, I was paying for the Funimation subscription and I was like, Oh, what the fuck? Like this show isn't. <laughs> on Funimation like I got to go to a separate streaming service to get this like anime yeah, show annoying. it was just kind of annoying so this is definitely a good move for you know fans of anime in- entirely and one neat thing as well is like this is Sony Pictures Entertainment but there was um I think in the like purchase they were mentioning that uh there's they're looking into possibly making sorry Ken in advance we're talking about video games uh but for making like a higher tiered version of PlayStation Plus which is like the PlayStation subscription service where you get free games every month and they allow you to play online on PlayStation 4 and 5 um that they might release a higher tier which will include like this 
crunchy roll Funimation, um, you know, juggernaut anime service. And uh, it kind of, you know, there was the rumors that, uh, you know, Sony and Netflix were also getting into bed. So maybe that'll be part of it as well. I don't know for sure. Well, they are working together for sure yeah. anyway, right? That's not a rumor. Yeah, yeah, they they are working together for sure, but whether or not they are going to uh, include it in like a higher tiered PlayStation Plus package. So, you know, maybe like you pay one price, kind of like Apple One or whatever it's called, where you pay one price and you get Crunchyroll, Funimation, Netflix, PlayStation Plus, all this sort of stuff together um, for and you save, you know, five to ten bucks a month or something. Um, So I think (laughs) speaking of of that, I mean, they just made a deal with Apple to have. That's the funny thing about that is that it was six months for free, yeah, that's right? that's true too. On PlayStation 5. So what if well, – it would be funny if it was Apple TV that was bundled in. That would be nuts. And Netflix somehow and Crunchyroll and Funimation and PlayStation Plus. Yeah. For like I don't know, 50 what, – what does that even be? That what is, what is the price of that? Know, $30 man. a month? I don't know. But $40 a month? Yeah. I'm not sure. Probably more, like probably closer to 50 realistically. But um, yeah, I don't know. It makes me excited, especially because, again, I, I mentioned this – last week or the week before, like my PlayStation five is my media service. Like I, whenever I'm going to watch a movie or rent a movie or do whatever, watch a TV show, I turn on my PlayStation five and I go to the Netflix app or the Apple TV app or uh, the Funimation app when I was watching attack on Titan and Crunchyroll, etc. Uh, so if we could kind of just get it bundled in and then my PlayStation is literally my media box on top of my gaming system, it'd be sweet. Um, and uh, yeah, I hope this all comes to fruition. I mean, obviously, they are going to merge these two services, but it'd be cool if they had like a discounted rate for, you know, PlayStation fans. Um, so I'm very excited about this. I think this is neat. It is cool. It is neat. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it goes, I guess. Yeah. All righty. Number two, as website Collider points out, production has started on season three of HBO's Bill Hader starring dramedy series, Barry. Yes. The series follows a hitman turned actor named Barry, played by Bill Hader who begins taking acting lessons in Los Angeles with acting teacher Gene Cousineau, played by Henry Winkler. But one does not simply stop being a hitman, apparently, and Barry must deal with the fallout of changing careers. The Emmy Award-winning show is written and directed by Bill Hader, who has apparently written a fourth season Whoa. of the series, despite the lack of a season four renewal from HBO. Thus far, we've waited two years for the release of a third season of Barry due to delays caused by the COVID-19 pandemic, and no premiere date has been announced for season three as of yet. Adrian, what do you think of this? We're both fans of Barry. We've talked about this before. What do you what do you make of this? I'm I'm super excited that this is finally in production. Me too, man. I think we we must have talked about this like a few weeks back about like, where is Barry? Like we haven't heard any news. So I'm really glad that we're getting the news because man, those first two seasons of Barry are freaking amazing. It's such a phenomenal show. Like it, I was shocked when I watched it, the way it balances this incredibly funny tone with some very dark and depressing themes is masterful. And Bill Hader is just, He's amazing writing this show and directing it as well as starring in it. Um, it's it's fantastic. And I'm really glad that he's already writing a four season. And if HBO doesn't renew this show for a season four, that would be a huge mistake. And I, I hope to God that if that happens, that someone else will pick it up uh, because I want as much of this show as I possibly can. Um, the way season two ended as well it was a fairly big cliffhanger. And I'm uh, God damn it. I can't wait for this shit. I cannot wait for this shit. 
Yeah. Uh, season four is written, yeah. not writing. He's done. Oh. So, yeah, it's, it's a fascinating thing. So, like, um, it feels like, and I thought, oh, I don't know who it was. I think it was, uh, I don't know if it was Evan Rachel Wood or Dandy Newton or it was somebody said that basically Westworld was delayed as well for the fourth season in terms of production. And the, the fact that COVID occurred kind of, I think it was Tandy Newton actually, basically she was saying that this has caused all these artists to just basically be in like a dormant state where they're just writing and preparing, like extra preparing for the seasons that they're about to start mm-hmm. or, or for the movie that they're about to, uh, you know, start production on, but they have to delay because of COVID. So I'm curious, like if these, some of these things that are coming out might be like the greatest seasons of TV ever, potentially just because they've been waiting in the wings and they've had time to like, almost like, you know, for, uh, for ferment, mm-hmm. like a you know, fine wine. <laughs> so it could be interesting, but yes, I, I'm very excited for Barry and it's, it, yeah, that's cliffhanger. It, was, it feels like forever ago. Like it was a long time. Dude, I know. Like, uh, yeah. Cause yeah, I finished watching the show like pre COVID even happening and, uh, I'm pretty sure at least. And yeah, it does feel like a lifetime, man. So I'm very glad that it's entering pr- production and everything, but it just sucks to know, like we're probably going to have to wait. Hell man, maybe, maybe even a year before we get it. Um, but maybe at least yeah, it's possible. At least we we'll know see. it's coming. And you know, there's that uh, carrot at the end of the stick. Like we're, we're it's, it's coming, man. We just got to make it there. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. If you, uh, if you haven't watched Barry listener out there, and you got a Crave subscription or HBO Max subscription, you should dive in now because mm-hmm. it is amazing. And this is, it seems like a wacky concept. And I, when I first watched the first episode, I was like, ah, this is cool. I don't know where they're going to go with this. Mm-hmm. But it surprised me in, in so many ways. I feel like I may be wrong, but I feel like Barry was the Ted Lasso for me and you before Ted Lasso was. You know what I'm saying? I think I told you about Barry too, didn't I? Uh, I, I don't recall. Um, most likely, honestly, you, you tell me about a bunch of good shit. So, um, I don't know how you would have actually, maybe, uh, maybe you told someone I knew who told me, cause again, we don't talk outside this podcast. Right. Even though Barry was way before we, uh, you know, mm-hmm. created this podcast, we still had anticipated that this podcast would exist because of a fortune teller that we both uh, saw independently. And, mm-hmm. um, yes. What was her name again? Adrian? Do you remember? Uh, Margaret Thatcher. Her name was Margaret Thatcher. What a coincidence. Yeah. Was that, a, wait, sorry, was that a stage name or she was literally Margaret Thatcher? Like she came back from the. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. It was a weird experience. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, it was, it was, but I'm glad I get to talk to you now. So, I mean, we, this, it basically means that this podcast can never die because we'll never get to talk to each other ever again. It's true. Because of what Margaret Thatcher told us in that, uh, in that tent. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, no, Barry, amazing. Watch it. Yes. Watch it, uh, viewer out there, listener. Anyways, number three. Oh. As Variety reports, the Suicide Squad actor Idris Alba has been cast as Knuckles in the Sonic the Hedgehog sequel film. The 2020 live-action Sonic the Hedgehog movie was a film adaptation of the famous Sega platforming video game series of the same name that follows a humanoid hedgehog speedster named Sonic, played by actor Ben Schwartz, who seeks to defeat the evil Dr. Robotnik, played by actor Jim Carrey. (gasps) In the game series, Knuckles is a humanoid speedster echidnas who is swindled into attacking Sonic by Dr. Robotnik. (gasps) Sonic the Hedgehog 2 
is said to see actors Ben Schwartz, James Marsden, Jim Carrey, Natasha Rothwell, and Tika Sumter reprise their roles with Sonic 1 director Jeff Fowler also set to return. The film is set to debut on April 8th, 2022. Adrian, you saw Sonic, right? Yeah, I did. Did you see it in theaters? No, uh, I saw it on Amazon Prime. Like, I don't know if it was earlier this year, maybe it was last year at some point. Uh, but it was well. It was one of the free, like the the few 2020 films that kind of launched to like it's like I think it made 300 and something some odd million dollars mm-hmm. just before COVID really hit, and then people started panicking and not going to the movie theaters anymore. Yeah. So it was like it, it, for you, it was Invisible Man, but this is like one of the last movies that made any money pre-COVID. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I like the Sonic movie. I don't think it's like absolutely amazing or any, or anything, but uh, it's a good watch. Like it's funny. It's definitely a kids movie, but there were some good laughs in it. And again, uh, Jim Carrey does his Jim Carrey thing in the movie, which is I know some people like it. I, I've mentioned this before. Like I don't love Jim Carrey as an actor when it comes to his comedic roles. I, I absolutely adore the Truman Show, show and uh, the Eternal Sunlight. Sorry, the Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Like, I think he's amazing in the, these more dramatic roles. Uh, but he did a good job as Dr. Robotnik. And again, like, he's he, he is a funny guy. And, and he did uh, do a good job. One second. Sorry. Ellie's biting my belt. Hey, it's not a toy. That's a belt. Okay. <laughs> I hope she understands. I don't know. She's giving me a death stare now. Ellie actually has a little ear infection. So I'm taking her to the oh, vet no. on Monday morning um, at 9 a.m. So hopefully... Hopefully it's okay. Hopefully it feels better soon. But it's definitely been irritating her. She keeps on scratching it. Um, anyways, back to back to Sonic. Um, but yeah, the first one's like pretty decent. And yeah, just Idris Alba being cast in this. I just thought it was pretty awesome. I really love Idris Alba as an actor. I think he's fantastic. Again, I think the first time I really recognized him or like knew of him was in the show Luther, I want to say. When I watched that, I was like, mine was The Office, but. Oh, good call. I don't know if I watched Luther before I got to that season of The Office. I honestly don't remember. I think I think I saw him in The Office, but I didn't recognize him. And then when I watched it the second time after watching Luther, I was like, oh, it, it's Idris Elba. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I think I did see him first in The Office. Mm. And then afterwards, I was like, oh, this guy's great. Yeah. Anyway, he has quite a bit of range and I don't know, I'm curious what he's going to do in this Knuckles role. Like it's it's kind of cool. He does have a very like awesome voice. He really just projects well and I think it's a very yeah. recognizable voice and again after the Suicide Squad especially, I'm just I'm down to see Idris Elba in, in anything, honestly. Yeah, I'm honestly I'm in the camp of Idris Elba for James Bond. If they're going to choose the next James mm-hmm. Bond, uh, soon times, I think that Idris Elba is a good choice. Dude, me too. I, and you're right. The Suicide Squad, he's just amazing in that. I just think his timing comedically is very, very good. He's one of the highlights of the film. Mm-hmm. I said that last week when we reviewed The Suicide Squad, and I, I stand by that. He's amazing. Yeah, he is. In that movie. That movie's so good. Man, so fantastic. I just kind of want to see it again. <laughs> me with too. With my $10 uh, free movie ticket. Yeah. I, I, I almost want to say I like it more. The more I've been stewing on The Suicide Squad, the more I've been loving it. Just like, God damn it, that movie is fantastic. There's like literally nothing I really dislike about it. That's an interesting point you make about stewing on it and liking it more because I find that happens with my history with James Gunn movies anyway. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, at work, we played on a loop 
uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 um, for like, I don't know, a few months. Mm -hmm. And every time I went back to it, I'm like, oh, I love this part. I love this part. And I was like, I felt like I didn't like it as much in the theater when I saw it. I did like it. I enjoyed it. But I found that there were certain elements that were almost too corny and too cheesy that I thought at the when I'd seen it initially. And then when I watched it again and again, I was like, wow, there's like, there's very few things. I don't think there's anything about Guardians of the Galaxy 2 that's worse. In fact, I definitely, definitely like Guardians 1 better mm-hmm. initially and the more i watched guardians of the galaxy 2 i was like no this is this movie's got two more layers it's it's more of an onion than what guardians of the galaxy 1 is so yeah i feel the same way with suicide squad the the suicide squad which is maybe uh, james gunn's greatest work so far as i think he pointed out himself yeah i uh i tend to agree with that honestly it might be my favorite james gunn movie that i've seen it's just dude it's so good it's so good he does he does a great job with rated R stuff mm-hmm. in general. It's his style. And so when he got the Guardians gig initially, I was like, really? This guy? And we talked about this a couple of weeks yeah. ago or a few weeks ago. But with that being said, now he's got a superhero film that also can be rated R. It's the greatest combination possible for, the, for this man. I agree. It, he's right in his element and it shows. Yeah, the way he can just bring like this ensemble cast together and make you care about these characters is is masterful honestly like i i yeah and then while also you know splitting someone's skull in half <laughs> simultaneously <Yeah. laughs> it, it, it's crazy yeah. it's like the the number of f-bombs the number the amount of gore it's again up his alley but then he's got this the heart the soul that he has in his films mm-hmm. it's just it carries through despite the fact that it's just a raucous good time yeah it's yeah it's awesome it is but, I haven't seen Sonic, by the way. Just to jump back, yeah. <laughs> jump back. I to forgot what we were talking about. The actual topic at hand. Yeah, um, but anyway, no, I haven't seen Sonic, and I don't know. Should I? What do you think? Um, like it's not a necessary watch, but if you're like in the mood one night, you just want to watch something easy that's like kind of funny. Um, and again, it, you have Amazon Prime Video. It's on Amazon Prime Video. Yeah, um, I do. It's. I think it's worth the watch, but it's not something like you have to go out and see, um, like right away. If you waited for like the week before Sonic 2 comes out, like that's fine as well, um, honestly. Yeah, maybe if Sonic 2 is well reviewed, I'll watch Sonic 1 and then go see, go see it. Go see Sonic 2, I mean. That might be what I do, Hmm. but we shall see. I actually do like Jim Carrey both ways. I like when he does the Jim Carrey comedy uh, type thing, and I also like when he's doing like a, like a more dramatic role. I, I, I like it. Well, like he's again, he's over the top, as you said, mm-hmm. but I still enjoy it. Um, you know, in small doses, you don't want too much, but it's uh, yeah, I do agree though. Uh, you know, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Truman Show, very, very good. He's amazing. Yeah. So, anyway, so yeah, cool, man. Super cool, cool, man. That's that's all for the news stories, I guess. Indeed. Now onto the montage, a sequence of our show in which I briefly present this week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one, as Variety reports, interstellar actor John Lithgow has been cast in director Martin Scorsese's next film, Flowers of the Killer Moon. Oh, yeah, I meant to say like that's it for the bigger news stories. No, Yeah, I understood. Okay. Is that all you have to say about this montage? I like John Lithgow. He's, he's really great. He's also awesome in Dexter season four. Indeed. Also, does this guy age? Because I feel like he's been the same age for like 30 years. <laughs> Dude. Am I wrong? I was thinking the same thing, actually. He hasn't aged a single day. He looks the exact same as he did like 
I don't even know what movie I watched that that came out however long ago. But hell, man, Dexter came out over a decade ago. At least season four was over a decade ago, and he looks identical. I'm thinking like back to like Third Rock from the Sun. I'm still thinking he kind of looks the same. I'm not quite sure. Anyways, number two. As Variety reports, the Legend of Zorro actor, Catherine Zeta-Jones, has been cast in Netflix's live-action Adams Family spin-off series, Wednesday. Hmm, okay, okay. I think in Batman v Superman, at the beginning of the movie, uh, Bruce Wayne and his parents were walking out of the movie Zorro, if I recall correctly. I don't know if it was the Legend of Zorro or just Zorro. The original Zorro. Unless the Legend of Zorro is the original Zorro movie. That's from the comic. It would likely be the movie The Mark of Zorro, though. So that's an actual accurate piece from the comic that Zack Snyder pulled. Holy Hannah Montana. Wild. Number three. As Deadline reports, Ted Lasso co-creator Bill Lawrence will showrun an Apple TV Plus drama series called Bad Monkey, starring freaky actor Vince Vaughn. Oh, sweet. I'll definitely check this out. Freaky, really good movie. Highly recommend it. It's awesome. Number four, as reported by Deadline, Cruella star Emma Stone has been hired on by Disney to star in an upcoming Cruella sequel film. Oh my goodness, there's going to be another Cruella? How many dogs is she going to kill? Number five, as Variety reports, American Horror Story actor Sterling K. Brown has been cast as a man with a particular set of skills in a new Amazon action movie from John Wick screenwriter Derek Kolstad that is expected to be called... Coyote Blue. Damn, that seems interesting. I'll probably watch this. Sterling K. Brown is one of those actors that I don't follow, but whenever he shows up, I'm like, I really like this guy. Yeah, even like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, he's in that one episode. (laughs) He's really good. Number six. According to Variety, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. actor Chloe Bennett will no longer be a part of Network CW's upcoming Powerpuff Girls live-action TV series due to scheduling conflicts. I feel like she dodged a bullet on this one. I really hope we get to see that pilot episode they filmed because I I just want to know how shitty it is. I want to see it. I want to see it. Number seven. As Variety reports, the Ellie Kemper, Kenan Thompson, and Rob Delaney starring Home Alone reboot film will launch on Disney Plus on November 12th. 2021. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about this. I don't know if you need to remake a classic like this, but whatever. Hopefully it's good. Number eight. As Deadline reports, in order to continue investing in a production foothold in the United Kingdom, Amazon has decided to move the production for their Lord of the Rings TV series from New Zealand to the UK for the second season of the series. Jesus, that seems like a big investment to move all those sets they probably created um, okay. It's a bit of an end of an era as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Number nine. As Variety reports, Sony's Venom Let There Be Carnage movie starring Tom Hardy has been delayed once again, this time from a September 24th, 2021 release date to an October 15th, 2021 debut date instead. Well, we just got to wait longer to let there be carnage to happen. I just can't wait for that Party City wig. <laughs> Number 10. According to Variety, Brooklyn Nine-Nine actor Andre Brower has been cast in the universal drama film She Said. Brower will play a New York Times editor embroiled in the investigation of the Harvey Weinstein scandal. Oh, Andre Brower is the highlight of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And uh, I don't think I've seen him in anything else, so I'm down to check this out and see him in a different role. And that concludes the montage. Yes, I think Andre Brower, by the way, he's mostly in dramas. He's I think he won an award like 1998 for a film of some sort. And he was in the the last uh what was that called now? 
The Last Resort, I believe it was called, mm. which I actually, I really liked him in that, but he did, I don't think he won anything for that one. But uh, yeah, it was mostly, I think, mostly dramas. And then he got the role in Brooklyn Nine-Nine and kind of blew us all away. Yeah. He's arguably the best part of that show. Yeah, definitely. He won, oh, wow. Outstanding performance by a lead actor in a miniseries for a role in the FX miniseries Thief. Oh, I haven't even heard of that. Mm, yes, yes, indeed. Interesting. Very interesting. Anyway, cool. What do you got for me, Adrian? What do you got for me? I got mm-hmm. new releases for you. Ooh. Yes, Simon. This is for the week of August 16th to the August the 22nd, a regular Monday to a Sunday. And the first movie coming out is coming out on Tuesday, August the 17th. And it's called Untold Deal with the Devil. This is a Netflix documentary about boxer Christy Martin. Oh, okay. Yeah. Next up on this list is a movie called Howling Village. This is confirmed by Movie Insider and the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand movie. It's in a, And it's about a young psychologist who goes to the Howling Village as she searches for her brother who mysteriously disappeared. It's supposed to be like a horror. Oh, no. Kind of looks cool. I think it's getting rated well if i saw correctly maybe i'm mixing it up with something else but it looks good uh, at least uh from what i saw of it and the plot synopsis i read of it well that's good yeah um the next movies are coming out on wednesday august the 18th the first one on this list is a movie called black island uh this is a netflix original movie and it's a thriller that takes place on an island that is presumably black um a student starts hooking up with a teacher on this island uh, what? It's a, those are the two sentences you chose. Mm-hmm. A thriller that took play that takes place on an island that is presumably black. A student starts hooking up with a teacher. The capital S for student. Mm-hmm. Very well written. Thanks, man. No idea what this is about. Yeah, me neither. Not really. Anyway, <laughs> me neither. All right, cool. Uh, Excellent. Next movie. Out of My League is up next, and it's a Netflix original movie, and it's about a woman with a rare genetic disorder. Uh. And, uh, yeah, she decides that she's tired of the dating scene, Simon, and she sets her sights on true love. Okay. Okay. You know, I watched the trailer for this one. It's kind of neat because it's, uh, it's kind of starts off where it's like, Hey, you know, all those movies where it's like, there's that pretty girl, but she's dying from a rare genetic disorder and, you know, finds the love of her life. Um, right. And then it's like, well, this, this movie's not that. Like it's narrated by the main character and she's like this like shorter, like awkward uh, girl. And yeah, she's like, yeah, I got to set my standards really high. That way, like when I'm rejected, it still feels okay. (laughs) I was like, this actually kind of seems kind of cute and funny. Um, Hmm. Yeah, I probably won't watch it, it, but um, no one that I recognize. But again, I didn't really uh, look too deep into it. But yeah, I don't think there's any like big name actors as far as I'm aware um, I can check out check that out real quick. Out of my league. Out of my league movie. Movie. Netflix. Cast. Oh, God. It's taking too long. Ludovica Francesoni. Giuseppe Maggio. Gaja Maschiale. Um, yeah. It's Italian. It's an Italian movie. I see. Yeah. All right. That's fair. Yeah. 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 
Uh, next up is a movie called Memories of a Murderer, The Nilsson Tapes. This is a Netflix documentary that is just a bunch of audio tapes of serial killer Dennis Nilsson narrating his past life from his prison cell. Ooh. It's like, oh, that's cool. I don't know who this serial killer is. So obviously he didn't do a good job at serial killing if I don't recognize the name. Oh, geez. Jeez. Should have killed more people and done a better job. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, no. Um, I'm going to disagree with you. Fair enough. Fair enough. Teach their own. Uh, next up is uh, movies coming out on Friday, August the 20th. Uh, the fr- we don't condone killing on this podcast. Don't kill people, folks. That's that's my that's my two cents. Unless someone wronged you. Nope. Nope. Even then. Don't do yeah. it. Don't murder people. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Like, it, like it, I don't know. Yeah, I probably shouldn't say that. Don't kill people. I was joking. Yeah, you should clarify. Or they jail. don't know you, Adrian. They don't know you. Hey, what'd you just say? Huh? I just heard you whisper. Nope. Uh, the next movie that's coming out on the list. Was that, wait, was that, was that Margaret, Margaret Thatcher? Was she reaching out? Maybe. Margaret, is that you? What's she trying to tell us? I don't know, man. She better not try to tell us that we have to hang out outside this podcast because I won't, I won't have it. Oh, me neither. Okay, good. I'm, I'm glad we're on the same page. Ugh. What do you, wait, what, what, why are you making that noise? It's rude. Anyways, these movies are all coming out on Friday, August the 20th. The first one is the, is the Loud House movie. And this is a Netflix uh, original animated global musical journey. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Sweet Girl is up next. This is a Netflix original father-daughter story about grief, loss, and justice. Starring Jason Momoa and Isabella Marquette. I, I believe it's Marquette or Marced. Um, Isabella Marced or Marquette, however you pronounce it. She is in... The uh, Mark Wahlberg, Rose Byrne comedy movie um, called Instant Family. Isabella Merced. Merced. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Thank you, Google. I appreciate you, Google. Uh, but yeah, she, she's in that movie with uh, called Instant Family with uh, Rose Byrne and uh, Mark Wahlberg. That movie's hilarious. I remember I went and watched it uh, in theaters with my lover. Um, just like randomly. Uh, and... God damn, it was funny. It was like such a pleasant surprise. I really recommend it. Coming up next is a movie called Annette. This is an Amazon Prime video original movie, it seems. And this stars Ooh. Adam Driver and Marianne Cotillard. Uh, and this movie is about a family with an exceptional daughter. Is that what it's about? I think. I don't know. I don't think so, man. What is it about then? You haven't seen the trailer for this? No, I don't think so. Should I? They're like riding a lo- around on like a motorcycle with helmets on. That's the only thing I actually remember. <laughs> recall but it's a it's a love story i'm pretty sure between the two of them kind of felt like a all right let me let me read the google the google description like a tragic love story is what i got yeah. from it i'll read the google description okay I, I i i rarely do this but i'll do it for for you um henry is a stand-up comedian with a fierce sense of humor who falls in love with Anne, a world-renowned opera singer under the spotlight they form a passionate and glamorous couple with the birth of their first child, a mysterious little girl with an exceptional destiny, their lives are turned upside down. Oh, maybe it is a book. Okay, that's fair. You with an exceptional exceptional daughter. All right, I'll give it to you. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. That's a fine description. All right. Thanks. Uh, Ra- Rare Beasts is coming up next, and this is conferred by Movie Insider and the Apple TV app. This is a video-on-demand movie, and it's a period piece about a single woman raising her son and she meets a troubled man. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, next up is a movie called Crypto Zoo. This is confirmed by Movie Insider and the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand movie. It's an animated movie for adults following zookeepers trying to capture a dream eating creature. I don't like the animation style in this um, from what I saw. It does it does not look visually appealing. It gives me bad vibes. Michael Sarah is uh, in this movie, though. Oh, good. Yeah. That's good. I haven't seen that guy in a while. Where's he been? I don't know. I'm trying to think. I just haven't been watching his films. I'm trying to think what the last thing uh, I saw him in was. I think the last thing I saw him in was uh, that movie with by Aaron Sorkin. Molly's Game? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was I'm thinking sure the same thing. pretty sure that's the last movie I saw him in. Unless the rest of yeah. development season five came out after that. But I think not. I'm not sure. Yeah. It's a good question. Anyways, uh, Barbara, Barbara Lee speaking truth to power is next up on the list. And this is confirmed by the most reliable shows on the internet, m.thehavennumbers.com and the Apple TV app. It's a documentary about a member of Congress, Barbara, Barbara Lee. Oh, okay. Yeah. Collisions is up next. This is confirmed by the most reliable source on the internet, m.thehavennumbers.com and the Apple TV app. It's a video on demand movie and it's about five people with stories that intertwine in the streets of LA. As stuff to do with law, law officers um, and people. Uh, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Cool, 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 cool. Next up is a movie called Demonic. This is confirmed by the trailer. Uh, this is a video on demand movie. And apparently theaters, at least um, limited theaters, we're not getting it here in uh, like at Cineplex. But this is Le- Neil Blomkamp's newest movie. It's a supernatural horror movie involving demons oh. and a broken relationship between a mother and a daughter. The trailer looks neat. It doesn't show too much. Um, Neil Blomkamp being the director who directed the uh, hit classic District 9. Yeah, he also did Elysium and Chappie. Yeah, I believe. Chappie. I like Chappie, actually. I know that movie didn't do too well, but uh, – I haven't seen it. I don't know. It's fine. Like, it's not amazing. I just, I just know that – Hugh Jackman has a mullet. That's that's the he does. He's a villain, right? Hugh Jackman. Uh, yeah, kind of. But yeah, just to clarify, Michael Sarah was last seen by us, I think, in Arrested Development because it actually came out in 2019, and Molly's Game came came out in 2017. It does not feel like we watched that movie in 2017. No, 2017. That's a long. How long? COVID. It feels like it's gone for five and a half years. <laughs> I guess. Or no, I guess it doesn't feel like that. Or no, I guess it feels like it's gone in 35 seconds. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Regardless, Molly's game was a long time ago. So I feel old. I feel old mm-hmm. now. So old. Why? What's the point of that? No one wants to hear you hum, okay? Let's move on. Do you have other movies or is that it? Hello? Sorry, Adrian. Did you did we disconnect? No, Adrian. I'm here. Oh, okay. Are you gonna? Anyways, pop. Are I you gonna list up. your movies oh, here? Yeah. Yeah, Paw Patrol. The movie is up next. This is oh uh, it's coming out to theaters. It's confirmed by like the Cineplex app. Uh, yeah, it's just a Paw Patrol movie. It's based on like that kids show. Kim Kardashian's in this movie. She plays a character. Oh, now I'm gonna see it. Um, yeah. I don't have kids. I don't have kids, so uh, I don't plan to watch it. Uh, and uh, I mean, I have a I have a daughter. But for Kim Kardashian, um, yeah, not going to watch it. However, this movie is uh, only twelve reviews, but it's a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Twelve reviews. Yeah, you should watch it for the hit actor Kim Kim Kardashian. Yeah. You also don't have a daughter. I'm just going to clarify because I don't think anyone gets that joke because yeah. unless they've watched or listened to the last 
20 episodes of our, of our, you know, our podcast here. The last time you referenced your daughter, which is your dog was literally like 20 episodes mm-hmm. ago. So I feel like, again, your references, most people didn't understand that reference. That's fine. That's fine. This, the cast for the Paw Patrol movie is actually pretty wild though. Cause on top of Kim Kardashian, we got Tyler Perry, Randall Park, Dax Shepard, Jimmy Kimmel's wow. in it as well. Um, Crazy. Yeah. Do they all do this for their children? Is that what happened? I have no clue, dude. I have no clue. Because do they all have children? I was just thinking. Kim Kardashian has a child. Or ch- children, I'm not sure. Does Dax Shepard have a child? Uh, with um, with um, Kristen Bell? Yeah. I don't think so. You Really? I don't know. I just don't think so because I never, I've never seen that them have a kid together. They have two children, Delta Bell Shepard and Lincoln Bell Shepard. So there you go. Delta. Ding, 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 ding. It's meant to be a bell. Anyway, continue. Poor kid. Imagine being named Delta. What's wrong with hey, that? Delta, come here. Especially now, the Delta variant. Hindsight's 2020. Yeah, that will pass. Oh, I hope. <laughs> I sure hope it passes. Fuck's sakes. Um, next up is The Protégé. This is uh, confirmed by the Cineplex app, and it's coming out to theaters. This stars, uh, I wrote Maddie Q, but it's Maggie Q. Um, Michael Keaton and Samuel L. Jackson. Wow. And this is uh, an action movie directed by the Casino Royale director, Martin Campbell. This is coming out. Uh, wow. Yeah. Seems pretty neat. It's coming. Yeah. Cineplex confirmed it, man. So I, I honestly, this came out of nowhere. I feel like we must have talked about it. Maybe like when it like entered production or whatever, or, or that it was coming at some point. Um, but I kind of want to watch this. Hopefully it's good. Hopefully it's good. Yeah, that, I don't know. That looks good so far. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we'll have to see what Rotten Tomatoes says in the near future. What's uh, what's coming up next there, buddy? The Night House. This is, again, confirmed by the Cineplex app, and it's coming to theaters. This is a horror movie with Rebecca Hall as a widow, um, and she's dealing with nightmares and disturbing visions in the house her late husband built for them. Huh. Mm-hmm. This one I saw the trailer for. Did you see this one? No. Or maybe I did. I don't have a good memory. Yeah, this one I think was at one of the film festivals, and I think it got reviewed very well, if I'm not mistaken. So many movies coming out. We gotta mm. gotta do some catch up. I feel eighty four percent of Rotten Tomatoes for the Night House. Nice for the Night House. I'm in yes. a horror mood, baby. So yeah. I kind of want to watch this. Speaking of that, actually, I started watching. Uh, this was a while ago, but we started watching the uh, the Fear Street movies. We, oh, we nice. got to we watched the second one last night. I just didn't want to talk about it too much because you talked about it at length mm-hmm. and I didn't want to bore our audience who's been listening to many episodes. But it, yeah, it was pretty good. I enjoyed both both movies. They're, they were enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, lots of, lots of people die brutally. It's crazy. I know. It's awesome. I love crazy. those movies. Like genuinely love More them. More people die brutally in the second one than, the, than in the first one. I was kind of surprised. I was yeah. like, wow. All right. And the third one's the best reviewed version of that trilogy, so I feel like the uh, best reviewed movie of that trilogy. So it'd be interesting to see how how good it is or how much better it is. Maybe I don't know. It's why, great. Why is it that it was better reviewed? Yeah. The second one is, I think, my favorite of the three. But again, they're all all three okay. of them are really really great. Um, and yeah, the the third the finale is awesome. Uh, it's fantastic. I do like how it's tied together. I think that that it's pretty creative and uh, it's neat. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh, cool. And the final movie coming out this week is Reminiscence. This is uh, confirmed by the, the Cineplex application. It's coming to theaters as well as I believe HBO Max in the States. Um, but this is uh, this looks really good. It's very Nolan-esque. It's directed by Lisa Joy, one of the co-creators of Westworld. 
um, her alongside Jonathan Nolan make that show. So it kind of makes sense that it's very uh, like it reminds me of like kind of a Nolan movie starring uh, Hugh Jackson and uh, uh, Hugh Jackman. Did I say Hugh? Oh, I said Hugh Jackson. eh? <laughs> you sure did. <laughs> yeah. Hugh, Hugh Jackman. Um, and uh, is it Rebecca Ferguson? Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, so I'm 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 definitely curious about this. Hopefully it's good. No, no, sorry, it's it's Rebecca Fergerman. <laughs> to be clear. That's why I mixed it up. No, it's 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 Ferguson. I was thinking ahead. Yeah. It, maybe. Actually, yeah, you might yeah, that might be why you mess, messed it up. But yeah, it does look really good and it does look inception, you know, prestige like ask in that in that way. Like it feels like at least the trailer looks like that. I'm curious. To see what this is, hmm. like how good it is. I, wait, this hasn't been reviewed yet, right? This is not. No, no reviews yet, unfortunately. We never went to go see Free Guy, but that's another movie that just seems to be very, very well reviewed. Mm-hmm. Like people are saying that they're thinking of a sequel already, and like they might, they might make one. Also, the music in uh, Reminiscences by uh, Raman Djawadi. Uh, I, hopefully, I'm pronouncing his name right. Actually, I've always wondered what his pronunciation of his name is. He, he by the way, is the composer for Person of Interest in Game of Thrones mm-hmm. and Marvel movies as well. But I'm just going to check because I, I feel like I've never pronounced this guy's name right and I uh, feel bad about it. So I'm just going to, you know, a regular segment of our show, How to Pronounce Names. <laughs> Ramin Jawadi. Oh, my God. I ruined it. <laughs> I, let's do uh, that again. Ramin Jawadi. Jawadi, that makes sense. I've been I've been pronouncing the D the whole time, mm-hmm. and I've also been saying ramen. So, yep, I'm sorry. I do love ramen. I mean, Jawadi, I've been butchering your name for at least five years. Anyways, um, yeah, that that seems to be it, right? That's the end of the episode. It's the end of the episode. It is almost the end of the episode. But you you're at the end of uh, you're at the end of the episode. The oh my god, Jesus Christ! You're at the end of the movies for this week. Yeah, man, that's it. That's all. <laughs> Correct. Oh my god, I'm tired. That's it. That's all. Real quick, um, yeah, you mentioned Free Guy being reviewed well. I, I mentioned how excited I was for Don't Breathe Two. Um, it's not. I think it's like a fifty-two on Rotten Tomatoes. Let me check real quick. Yeah, does that surprise you? Kind of. I, I was hoping that it was better. It is a fifty-two on Rotten Tomatoes. Thirty-three reviews. It looks only, like it's though. a completely different direction. It is. However, the audience scores eighty-eight percent, two hundred and fifty plus ratings. So, I feel like I might like it. I'm kind of excited to watch that one still. Um, cause again, I'm just in the mood for those kind of movies with like just gore and like brutal death and like horror and stuff. I don't know. I've just been in that kind of mood. Yeah. You know what also has an above 80 audience score, but is not re- that well reviewed by, uh, critics. In fact, it's also in a 50% mark for, uh, for critics score there, buddy. The last Jedi. Oh wait, no, I'm mixing that up. No. What is it? Rise of Skywalker. Oh yeah. What a bad movie. Audience scores 86% with 50,000 plus verified ratings. So stupid. 50,000 plus people thought that Rise of Skywalker is a good movie. The Last Jedi is the opposite, right? It's 90% or whatever in the tomato meter and then like 50% or some bullshit on the audience score. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Anyway, this is so disappointing. I think, like, why would that be? I... Yeah. 42% audience score for The Last Jedi. Oh, so, so angering. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. That's the end of our regular scheduled programming uh, for this episode. I'm relatively tired, it seems, because I keep flubbing words pretty mm-hmm. badly here. I'm exhausted. Um, uh, but uh, I'm sorry to hear that. Are you going to be okay? <sighs> yeah. You want to talk about it? 
No, man, I just got a, I got a meeting for work tomorrow. I got to be up by like 6.30 so I can get there for like 7.30 and prep. And it's just like, uh, I'm not a morning person. I'm not a morning person whatsoever. Are you, are you leading this mor- morning meeting? Like, are you in charge? Uh, are you the, are you the meeting man? Are you the meeting presenter guy? Presenter, that's what uh, it is. Not all of it. I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing, a, yeah, like some of it. Um, and then I have like a little like breakout session with like my team and then I got to lead. It's a, uh, mm. I see. Oh, I just remembered. What day is it tomorrow? The 15th of August. 15th, 15th of August, 2021. I went back into the tent and Mar- Margaret Thatcher actually told me that you were going to do the greatest presentation that the oh. world has ever seen on this particular day. Oh my goodness. Thanks, man. That's it's, fantastic it's to hear. Me. It's, it's you. It's you. It's Margaret. August 15th. Margaret Thatcher. No, it's, it, she, was just, she was just telling you the future. That's what, mm. what was happening. So... As long as we're on a linear timeline and we don't have to ask what if, you know, mm-hmm. that's probably going to happen to you. You're going to present in the greatest way possible tomorrow. Hopefully. Let's find out. Let's find out. There's going to be a standing ovation. That's what she said. A standing O for you. Anyways. That'd be very weird, but yeah. It would be. All righty, listeners out there. If you want to write into us, you can do that. Uh, at splitfocuspodcast.gmail.com. You can write into us with comments, questions, corrections, um, you know, Tell us uh, how your day is going. I don't care, but it would be nice if you wrote into us and then we'd literally address your comments on our show mm-hmm. um, like we did with Kenneth Stadelbauer's write-in earlier in this episode. You can also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or on Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, really anywhere that podcasts are launched in this day and age, any popular streaming service for podcasts. Mm-hmm. And I ask you to do that if you can, you know, Hit that like button, as they say in the business. <laughs> I'd appreciate it. It would be awesome. Is there a like button on podcast services? I, I don't know. It, I, I don't know. Is, is there like a subscribe button? I think you can rate it. Take the time to rate it on Apple Podcasts application. I'd, I'd appreciate it. Yeah, me too. Five star or, or higher. Well, no. Just give us your honest review. That's what I want personally. No, just lie. Unless you don't have to lie. Okay. That, that, that's not my take. But regardless... I thank you for listening to the 59th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this is Adrian Penter signing off. Hey guys, it's me, Adrian, and uh, there is actually a movie that was rated fairly poorly on Rotten Tomatoes that's still amazing, and that's uh, Batman v Superman. Um, that's Batman v Superman. It's a great movie. It's a good movie. I love it. Uh, but yeah, that's it. That's all. Take care and goodbye. The movie Margaret with Margaret Thatcher is 38% as an audience score. Yikes. Oh, never watched it. Goodbye. But honestly, it deserves a higher rating because, I mean, I'm a fan of Margaret. Me and her get along really well. That's a different Margaret Thatcher. Oh. I think. Isn't that what we decided? I, I think so, yeah. Okay. Dude, I don't remember. You got to get our story straight. Who cares? Okay. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Let's sign off. You got to go to bed. You got you to gotta present in the morning. Good night. Good night. I got to.